thank the Lord for he is good, and we probably need to turn his mic on. Uh, everything is wonderful. Well, we'll get there in just a moment. Uh, <laughs> Everybody all right this morning? Amen. Everybody praising the Lord this morning? Uh, well, we thank God for this time. For he is good and his mercy endureth forever. And because of that, we have a good Sabbath morning. We've had a good day so far, haven't we? Oh, well, if everything they say is okay, is okay, is okay, let's go. Well, happy Sabbath, everyone. To those joining us on the uh, conference line, those joining us on social media, whatever hour you may be joining us, uh, during what time you have time. So we just praise God that you could join us even today. And we'd like for you all to join us in a word of prayer. So we may ask God to come and give us his spirit so we may understand his truth. <laughs> Heavenly Father, again, in the name of Jesus Christ, the righteous, we bow to your throne of mercy and grace today to say thank you for it all, Lord. We thank you for your love, your kindness, your protection, your provision. And Father, we ask that at this time you give us your spirit. Father, it's the only way we can understand your truth. And so we ask, Lord, that you would give it to us in abundance so we may know the good and the right way. We ask that you bless those all over the world who are honoring you as the only true and living God. We ask that you would bless them with your presence as well. Lord, may your ministers be filled with your spirit so your people may hear and obey. And Father, again, please forgive us for the sins we've committed against you. Make us a delivered people, Lord, that we may go and sin no more. And in the name of Jesus, we ask it. Amen. Once again, happy Sabbath. Beautiful day. It is not 98 in October. That might be normal where you are from, but it is not normal here. But we thank God we saw a, a, a 67 earlier today. It was very beautiful with God. Uh, as he talked to us today, earlier, he said, I need you to do something for me. I need you to trust in the plan of God. Amen? Amen? See, because we have to understand something. We have to get our minds shifted from what we think God is into what God really is. And the first thing he wanted us to know this morning is God loves us. God, God is what's called a never-ending source of success, of joy, of happiness, of love. He's, he's, he's that source for us. He's our protector. He's our provider. He so desperately wants us to know that. And he wants us to understand that. And he wants to be that for us. So much so he gave us his son. He gave us Jesus to let, give us the opportunity to allow him to be the God he wants to be for us. Now, isn't that a little different in thought? We think that God wants us to, well, we got to serve God. We got to serve God. God says, I want to serve you. But you got to give me the opportunity to be with the God I want you to be, the God I want to be for you. Will we do that this morning? Will we allow him to be the God he wants to be? He bankrupt heaven for us, for, for we can have the opportunity that he could be the God he wants to be to us. So let's go, if you would, to the book of Ephesians today. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. They're saying we're not getting any noise. 
Genesis chapter 2 and verse 14. And it says, For he is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. And this is Christ. Christ broke down this wall, this, this thing that, in, that it kept us from being reconnected to heaven. He said, Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, is a, a, a son, my only begotten son, so you'll have an opportunity to take advantage of my relationship with you. He said, and came and preached peace to you, which were afar off, and to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. That's how bad the Father wanted to be your God. We need to thank him for that this morning. He wanted to be our God so bad he gave his only son. And his son went through all he went through so we could say, yes, Lord. We were not capable of saying yes. We were not capable of walking or even returning home. So Christ came to make that possible. And we should be thankful for that. See, the Father gave all of us. He gave us everything. So we may have the opportunity to be the recipients of what's called his boundless love. Give. Son, in order for you to maybe take me up on it. But the Father's love is without limit. Every day he extends his hand to us. He wants us to choose him. He's chosen us. Amen? See, the Lord, the Lord God is ready to help us. He's willing to help us. He's longing to help us and to build us into a people that will shine as bright as the noonday. This is his desire for each and every one of us, is to let him be your God. Who is stopping this process? Us. Amen? Go to Deuteronomy 4 if you would. This is what he wants to do for us. He wants to brag on us a little bit. Y'all know that? God is wedding, he, like he bragged on Job. He said, if you consider my servant Job. He was so happy to say that to Satan. He said, yeah, see, see you don't have everybody. Have you considered him? He, he said, because Job allowed me to be his God. And that sounds strange, but that's the problem. We haven't allowed God to be our God. We decided we want another God. We decided we want to walk another way. And he says, I'm the Lord, the Lord God. I am the beginning and the end, the first and the last. I am everything. I'm the ancient of days. I'm greater than everything. Everything exists because of me. I just want to be your God. Why won't you let me be? Deuteronomy 4, 7. He says, for what nation is there so great? Who hath God so nigh unto them, as the Lord our God is in all things that we call upon him for. See, there's no other nation. See, the other nations know, and that's why they were afraid in the day. They knew that who God was. Israel didn't. Israel walked as if they didn't know who their God was. They walked looking for another God. They walked looking to try to fit in. It's a king so we can be like the rest of the nations. He said, when I asked you, I called you aside. I told you to come out of her. I wanted you to be different, but I wanted to be a God to you, but you wanted a man to be a king because you wanted to look like them. Why would we want to look like them? Why can't we just accept the fact that God is higher than them 
and we're going to be higher than them and let God raise us to where we need to be. Instead of trying to say, well, they look like they're having fun. I want to go over there. When God says, I set you aside for a special purpose. Let us accept this special purpose God wants to give us. Amen? See, he's given us something, too. And this is why we're without excuse. He's given us this, the blueprint to happiness. Anybody want to be happy? You sure? Now, y'all know, if I ask you a question, it's a setup. You said you wanted to be happy. I hope so. I want to be happy. But I know there's a, bru- a blueprint for happiness. You need to be and it comes by a heaven-ordained plan. Do we believe that? A heaven-ordained process for man. It never fails, but also it is the only way God has given us to connect with him. He's given us one way, and that's through Christ Jesus, right? But he's given us this process for happiness and success. We said we wanted to be happy. We said we wanted to be successful. He said, here is my blueprint. Are you ready for it? Yes, you are, aren't you? I answered for you before you got a chance to think. We're ready for this because we want to have the happiness that God can only give. Go to Proverbs chapter 2. He said, this is the blueprint. Now, if we're going to be happy, if we're going to be successful, if we're going to, to, to have God with us, uh, uh, if we're going to let God be our king, God be our God, God be our provider, God be our all in all, this is how this happens. It doesn't happen any other way, and we need to kind of come to grips with that. This God, the God of Israel, the Holy One of Israel, says this is the way. Are we ready? Going to Proverbs chapter 2. We begin at verse 1. My son, if thou wilt receive what? That's the first part of it. I can't be your God if you won't receive my word. Know that. He said, and hide my commandments with thee. Amen. So that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom. Okay, when I'm talking to you, I need you to go with it. Amen. Listen for this. And, and, and apply thine heart of understanding. He said, I, I need you to hear my words of wisdom. I need you to, to put these in your heart. I need you to start putting these into action. This is the only way I can be your God. I can't be your God any other way. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge, and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seeketh her as silver, and searchest for her as hid treasures. See, you can't just casually have this relationship. you got to look for this thing. Somebody told you a million dollars was behind that third chair. No one would be listening to me right now. He said, this is the only way. You got to look for me. He said, I'm going to tell you where I am, too. That's what's great. You don't have to go on a scavenger hunt to find God. He said, I'm right here, but I need you to go about it this way. Now, he said, verse 5, Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. If you walk in the process that he asks you to walk in, you will find him, and he can be your God. There is no other way, y'all. We can't make up another way. We can't add or take from it. Amen? See, God wants us to find this good success and have a loving, working, everyday relationship with him. Every God, during the week, when something's not right, God says, that's the only way I can be your God? Is when things are terrible? 
Why? He said, I am that God. I am your pres very present help in time of trouble. I am your refuge. I am your strength. Yes. But why do we just have that type of relationship? Why you call me when you need a dollar? You ain't called me all week. Well, how you doing? Hey, hey, hey uh, you know, hey, man, how, you, how things going with you, man? How's your, how's your family? How, how, you know, uh, hey, man, let me holler at you. Can, can, can you let me hold 10? That's how we treat God. Oh, God, well, you know, uh, uh, yeah, praise the Lord. Praise him. Uh, praise him, your holy name. Yeah, uh, 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 but I, I have a little trouble at work. God said, why can't you talk to me when you don't have trouble? Why can't I, I can be the God of happy times, the God of, of, of happy moments, the God of when you got the check <laughs> with God. You know, back in the day when they would beat you and you would sing hymnals. Oh, Lord. They would have songs like wade in the water. <laughs> and when we were uh, uh, crossing the River Jordan and, and, you know, we would always have these depressed songs because that's the only connection we had with God. God, we are on the plantation, help us. Well, you don't have a plantation experience now. You actually have a happy time, don't you? So why can't you attach God to those happy times? Why can't he be the God of the happy instead of just God of the trouble? Amen? Amen? Oh, God wants to do this for us. Because it's through the following of the you have, but you got to do it my way. And God is not a selfish God in that sense that you got to do it. He's not like us. He said, it's the only way. It's not like there's another way that works. It is not another way that works. He's just trying to give you the way it works because it's his way. Stop trying to sit there and say, well, there's got to be another way to do this. No, it isn't. Not with this. He said, everything else will lead you to a path of destruction and death. This won't. Why don't you choose life? Amen. I think we're experts at the other path by now, aren't we? Haven't we tried the other way in every aspect of our lives? And we always say anything but Jesus. Anything but Jesus. It's got to be another way. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do Jesus. God says, well, there's only one way. And if you take that way, it's going to be a marvelous day for you. But in Proverbs 2, let's go back to Proverbs 2. He said, his, his part of the, this is part of his path. He said, verse 7, he layeth up sound wisdom for who? The righteous, okay? He doesn't lay up sound wisdom for those who aren't right, okay? He is a buckler to them that do what? See, what we're looking at wisdom as part of his, his promise to us. We're looking at a buckler or strength. What? For those who walk up rightly, these are the promises he wants to share with us, but he's not going to share them with you and I if we are not following the plan. Amen? He keepeth the righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, even the good path. When wisdom enter into thine heart and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, why? Because you're walking in the plan. He said, this will happen to you as well. He said, discretion shall preserve thee and understanding shall keep thee. You won't have to be wondering if God is walking with you or not. He will tell you in the, in, the, in the moment, do this and do that. But he only will do that for those who want him to be their God. How come we don't want God to tell us what to do? Isn't that beautiful when he does? 
He tells us what to do. And when we do what he says, it always works. Evil man. That is a promise from God. Anybody need delivering from the evil man? Then you need to let God be God. How about the man that speaketh forward things? See, when we are following the path of righteousness, God can be God. You, we, as the Bible in the book of Psalms says, we limit the Holy One of Israel. God's trying to be our God, and we say, mm. When we walk outside this agreement, y'all, go to Isaiah 1. Go to Isaiah 1. We need to find out what this relationship is all about. It's a quid pro quo. Anybody know what that is? If then. If then. God says, I want to be your God, and here's how this works. If you do this, I will do this. Guess what? That, always mean, that also means, if you don't do this, I can't do that. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19. Oh, we're going to get down to this. Yeah, we got time. If you refuse and rebel, you should be what? Devoured with the sword. Why? Because I said so. The mouth of the Lord has spoken it. We always want to eat the good of the land, but we forget the willing and obedient. We need to be willing to let God be God in our life and obey whatever plan he gives us. Because right now we're being killed by the sword. The sword is wearing our head out, and we're blaming God for it, even though he gave this news flash to you. Hey, I said this. This will be the case. You refuse me. This what happens. That's what I love about God. Nothing sneaks up on you. <laughs> so you're walking around in hell and he said look let me just be your God because you're in enemy territory and if you let me be your God you'll be okay but well, I want you to be my God I like hell how many people like hell raise your hand no no takers how many people like doing the devil's work raise your hand how many people like following Satan no takers? You sure? Well, why don't we let God be God? Amen? When we walk outside this agreement, y'all, this if-then, we should not expect the blessings of the Most High. I want you to know that. So stop tripping. Say, because when we refuse his plan, we openly choose the way of what's called the way of the transgressor. When we... Because you have a choice to follow righteousness. You have a chance to follow success. You have a chance to follow all the things that God asked, said he would do for you. Or you can follow the way of the transgressors and your life becomes extremely difficult. You don't believe that? Proverbs 13, 15. If your life is extremely difficult, you might want to check about who you are following. You're following one way or the other. I know the world wants you to believe there's 14,000 different religions you can serve a God. There's only two. Because you're going to ask God to lie. Because he said if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. We want to eat the good of the land and refuse and rebel. It doesn't work that way. It shouldn't work that way in your home. Stop giving your children rewards for being evil. Uh, evil bad. I'm sorry. That's a bad word. For being disobedient. How about that? If the child is obedient, he eats the good of the land. 
if he refuses and rebels, he gets devoured by something. Does that make sense? If you as an earthly parent know that, why are you asking God not to be that? God, I want to walk this other way, but I need all that you got. What's wrong with you, man? I don't play that. I don't walk that way because it's not right. And what happens to the righteous ones who try? I'm just going to give you the same thing I give them? It doesn't work that way. Proverbs 13, 15 says, Good understanding giveth favor, but the way of the transgressor is hard. Anybody had a hard day? A hard life? Sometimes that's you. Because you're walking in the way of transgressors. I'm sick. Well, why? Everybody gets sick from time to time, don't they? Right? And it's not always because you've been a transgressor, but there's some transgression going on. You mad at the, at the transgressor who sneezed on you. And it's your fault. Do you know somebody can sneeze cancer? That's what y'all believe. Y'all believe anything. The man told me I can get cancer from sneezing. You believe you can keep getting the flu with a flu shot? You believe that lie? Why don't you believe that other one? Don't you? Flu shot. Everybody gets flu shots, right? I'm going to get a flu shot because it's going to keep me from getting the flu Tuesday. I'll have it Thursday, but I'll get <laughs> See, we got to kind of start letting God give us some wisdom and knowledge about these things. The man sneezed on you. You can't, it's like the fallacy you were told when you were little. If you go outside and you just got out the shower, and it's cold, you're going to catch a cold. You don't catch a cold like that. I hate to tell you, but if you study a little bit about the body, it'll tell you that's not how that works. A cold is a virus. You can go in there with 15 layers of clothes on and ain't showered in a week. You can get that virus. As it relates to the relationship we have with God. God says, I will bless you. I will keep you. I will be your God. But you got to go about it the way, the only way that can occur in your life. Stop asking me to be a God to you when you refuse to listen to my counsel. You refuse to run the play. Amen? See, we somehow have gotten in our minds that we can walk contrary to the plan of God and still be the recipients of the blessings of the obedient. Newsflash, no. And I know that's being taught. It's being taught everywhere. There are no consequences to actions. They are, aren't they? I don't care how many people tell you they're not. Run a stop sign in front of the police. Will they be consequences? If you stop at the stop sign in front of the police, there's consequences of that. That means your consequence is this. You get to go home. <laughs> but let me tell you something about God. He's like that. He said, man, you keep running the stop sign, you're going to get a ticket. Now you're mad because you, you cursed the policeman out. You, you can let me go. Well, you could have stopped. Amen? When you won't let him be your God. And, be, and please stop being mad at him, blaming him for everything. Anybody ever blame God for something nice? 
Man, I just got a million dollars. I'm blaming God for that. Why? Boy, something happened to us, though. I lost my job. Why God let me lose my job? We need to get to grip, get, come to grips with this. We want to claim the blessings of Abraham, but live like Cain. That make sense? We want to live selfish life and claim the favor of God. Because God doesn't work like that. God, he'll, he'll rescue you. He will. You call on him, he'll come get you. Won't he? He'll be merciful unto you. He'll give you grace. But don't sit there and think that you're going to, you're not trying to earn God. You're just trying to follow him. See, that's a big difference. See, we have been taught that if you do righteously, that means you're trying to work your way into the kingdom. You can't work your way into the kingdom. It's not to be worked. It is to be followed. It's to be emulated. It's, he said, this is the plan. Here is the way walk therein. He takes care of it. Just walk therein. Stop letting the world tell you that if you put forth an effort to be a righteous person that you are trying to, 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 to get out of grace. You're walking in grace. <laughs> You're working in grace. You're moving in grace. You're never out of grace. Don't let the world say, well, you know, uh, uh, you see, y'all trying to work your way into heaven. You know, look at you. Y'all trying to you know, be obedient. Y'all following the law. Ain't no law. Law been done away with. I want you to say gravity been done away with too. Free to do anything you want to do. But there's a consequence. And don't be mad at God because he told you that's going to happen to you. I don't want you to do that, please. When you were 30, you turned 30, and you found out that you shouldn't really eat chemicals and call it food. <laughs> That's when you were 30, some years ago. You found out that God said, you know, there are consequences to eating Roundup. There's really consequences. Your, your digestive system is shot to the curb. Your, your sinuses, your, 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 you got all kind of things going on with you. And the first person you blame is the one who told you 10 years ago. Did he not? But what do we do? We want to claim the blessings of God and living like Cain. We want to go ahead and be disobedient, even though he was kind enough to tell us. I'm smoking cigarettes. Anytime you smoke cigarettes, you, have a, you get a packet of them, right? They still sell in packages, right? And on the side of that package, what does it say? He said that the, the people who don't care nothing about you say, hey man, y'all might want to leave these alone. Who we call? Who we blame? God, uh, God says, I'm merciful. I'm trying to have mercy on you, but why don't why you send me through this all the time? Why do I have to be the miracle working God in your life all the time? Why can't you just walk the plan? And you walking is the miracle. You obeying is the miracle. That's the miracle God wants to have in your life. He is sick and tired of having to rescue you with a miracle. When he's giving you instructions on how to walk in his path. He said, let me be your God this morning. 
Deuteronomy 28, 1. It, and if it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently. What's diligently? From time to time, when you get to it, when things get hard. I'm going to hearken when things get hard now. You know, when I've been diagnosed, I, I, I'm going I'm 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 to be with God. You know what, what's interesting about people who God really helped because they actually do hear and they listen? You know, when you get ill and, and, and God blesses you with a way out, and, and as soon as we get out, what do we do? Conference, because she's, she's got new, new energy. She's starting to feel live again. And, and, you know, she gets excited. She wants to do more stuff. She wants to make sure that she uses that energy for the kingdom of heaven. Not use the newfound energy for some other reason. When God heals us, when God makes our life a little easier, when the path becomes a little straighter, shouldn't we just stay on the path? Shouldn't we just thank God and keep moving? Instead of using this leisure time now to do something that's not of God. See, it, life is not always the grindstone. I know that's what they tell you. 40, work 40 hours a week, 40 years. Keep your nose to the grindstone. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You know, you know who's telling you that? Rich people. Because without you doing that, they can't be rich. They don't tell their children that. Those boxes for 20 years, you'll get promoted to be head box slinger. And we'll give you a 3% raise. And you know what we do, Jasmine? Oh, thank you. Thank you. You take the sand out your pocket and you start dancing. You say, thank you. I just love to be that for you. God says, I'm going to take you in a place where kings walk if you let me. I'm going to let you ride on the high places of the earth. That's what the promise is of God. But he said, but you got to walk my plan, though, because you don't know how to get there. You think that 40 hours a week for 40 years is actually going to get you somewhere. Benefits, they cut you at 37. And who are you going to call? Ghostbusters? <laughs> oh, oh, because you put all your faith and all your system in there and then all your belief in their system and their plan. God says, I got a plan that never ends. He won't pull the rug out of, from you, but you got to walk in his way. He said, look, if you were diligently hearkening to the voice of the Lord to observe all to do, I mean, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I have commanded thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee where? High above all nations on the earth. I know your mind has never really thought about that. You're just happy to be the richest person in your family. But God says, I'm going to put you higher than all the nations on the what? On the earth. Can we in the plan of God? Mm. And all these blessings shall come on thee. And I love this word. These blessings will overtake thee. It's, it, if thou do what? Shall hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. That's all I want you to do. Just listen and do. Because up here it says to observe and to do. Not only to listen, not only to read, but to do what? Do. I want to ride. I want to be. Trouble the earth. Lucifer, son of the morning, is that him? As we, uh, we, as we look down upon him, 
because he, we, we're not fooled by his tricks any longer. We're no longer believing in his way. We're no longer listening to him. We're walking in the high places where God says, I will instruct my people. This is where we're going if you allow him to be your God. When we obey, we show him, we trust him. We believe that. Do you know God wants us to trust him? It means a lot to him that we trust him. And his plan, he wants us to trust him, and he wants us to trust his plan for us. Every time we trust him, we come closer to him. Because I don't know how many modern gospel songs talk about the blessings of Abraham. You're not going to get the blessings of Abraham if you don't have a faith of Abraham. Faith unlocks the blessing box. Amen? Let me show you a little bit about our father, Abraham. Genesis 22. Genesis 22 and verse 10, let's begin. Genesis chapter 22 and verse 10. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to do what? That doesn't sound much like a blessing, does it? But Abraham believed in the plan of God. He trusted God. He didn't know what God was going to do. He didn't know how God was going to do it, but he trusted the promise of God. And he said he went to slay his son, and an angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. Now, first, before we get to the rest of this, wouldn't you like an angel to call you in a language that you can understand? In a language that didn't just scare you out of your wits? In a way that you said, here I am. You know why? Because he talked to him before. Because he trained him was. Oh, this is where we're going. If you allow him to be your God. Amen? Verse 12 said, And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. He said, You trust me, Abraham. Your most prized possession you gave to me because I told you to slay him and you said, I, I trust you. He allowed God to be God. He could have said no, couldn't he? And Abraham would have had about two chapters and that Isaac. Some children get dedicated. Y'all remember y'all children getting dedicated? What did you promise you would do? You give your child to God. See, what did Hannah do? Hannah gave Samuel to God, and he didn't take him back either. She didn't take him back either. Samuel was a great man, wasn't he? Because Hannah said, I trust God. And you know what, what God did for Hannah? When she gave Samuel away, Hannah had more children she didn't know what to do with. She had been barren all her life. But God said, because you trusted me, watch what I'll do. Anybody want that experience with him? Because you trusted him, I open up the windows of heaven and pour you out blessing that you cannot have, you don't have room to receive it. This is walking in God. Let's keep reading. This is what he said he would do because you didn't hold, Abraham did not withheld his son. He said that in blessing I will bless thee and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven. Abraham, he didn't have that big a vision at first when he asked for a son. He just wanted a son. Now he got stars and 
and then what else he has? And, and as the sand of the sea, which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. Do you see how God took him from his narrow focus of one son to, being, to conquer his enemies? If you remember back in Genesis 11, it's that big. Get one, because he's that big. He said, I make your competition, not your competition. I'll make them work for you. Because you trust me. Oh, y'all do Okay, let's keep reading. Okay, I'll go back to being, all right. Verse 18 says, and in thy seed shall what? All nations of the earth be blessed. Why? Because thou has obeyed my voice. You think this is just for Abraham? God says, I want to do this for you. Trust me. Please let me be your God. Please let me give you what I'm when, when dying to give your, I've been trying to give your family this for generations. I'm trying to give this to you. Somebody let me be God. Ishmael was born. You want an Ishmael in your life? I want an Isaac, the one that's promised. I want to say, Lord, I will wait on your blessings because I don't even know how big your blessings are. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to be that big. Are you? Y'all scared of it. I know. Are you afraid of it? I know you're afraid of it. You're afraid to ride on the high places of the earth. Come on. Don't worry about it. Get in the back seat. We're going. Don't be afraid of this. Yes, the things come with this too now. Not just the, 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 the good times. It, a target is on your back when you ride on the high places because everybody can see you. Y'all still want to ride? We get an SUV, whatever, you, whatever we need to get. I say we get a big old truck. We can put a whole lot of folks in that truck. But we're going to the high places. Why? Because we trust him. Because we're going to obey his voice. Because we're going to walk in the plan of God. We're going to stop li living the lie of what we're living at this point, which is, yeah, I believe God, but I don't trust him. How are you going to believe in something you don't trust? Amen? Amen. What does Exodus 19 say? Let's go to verse 5. Exodus 19. We're going to go to verse 5. We want to finally be the recipients of the blessings of the Most High. Let's go to Exodus chapter 19. We'll begin in verse 5. He says, Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a what? Peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. Get that in your head. Everything you see is his. I don't care what the news tells you. I don't care they tell you, you are the president, you are the prime minister, you are the king. He said, everything is mine. Don't you want that kind of God? Everything is his. Everything. Your job is his. Your investments are his. Your projects are his. Your business is his. Why? Because it's on the earth created. My child, come sit at the table. Okay. All right, let's read verse 6, and we, we, all right. And he, and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. 
These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. These are the words we're speaking to you this morning. You just must believe them. You can't be sleepy. It's cold in here. And I know, and Tony, you're thinking. I know you're processing. I know. That's what they tell me, Sister Jerry. When they look at me with this, he started with Abram. Then all of a sudden there was some sand of the sea and stars of the heavens. Did it grow? Why? Because he believed. We need to believe, y'all. When we're looking at our families, we need to believe. When we're trying to plan a future, we need to believe. Because God, as we talked last night, God is a generational God. I bless you and everybody comes after you. I hope y'all parents hear that. If you be obedient to me, I'll bless your children. I'll let them walk in the truth. The children's children until the 15th generation. Do you know that Israel is still blessed today because one man trusted God? Will you be that one man? Will you be that one woman today? Will you trust God and save your family? All right. Let's go to Job chapter 40. No, let's go to Joshua chapter 1. You ain't ready for Job yet. We'll get out of here this playbook. It's called a Bible. He said, follow me. Follow the, the, the steps. It's called the manual. Follow the manual. And you will do something. You are going to do the things that you only read about. You will look up and you'll say, how am I so high? Because you trusted me. The closer you come to God, the higher you get. You know why? Because he's up here. Don't be looking for God in the gutter. God is not there. God's up here. He said, come on up here. I want you to ride upon the high places of the world. If you trust me and obey, this will be your case. Because it's always been your destiny. You just got waylaid. It was the destiny of mankind to always be the greatest creation God ever made. But we, what happened? We decided we'd go another way. God said, if you just study my book. He promised something in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says, The book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, thou, that thou may observe to do according to all that is written therein. He said, just don't study my word, study to do. You know how you study just to pass a test? This ain't it. Study so you know it. Study so you do it. Study so it becomes you, that you went what? For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Amen? Amen? And then thou shalt have something called good success. All right. Another thing we must do is stop arguing with the plan. Stop arguing with it. The plan of God for you is bigger than you. It's bigger than your current circumstance. Amen? He said, stop coming to staff meeting, complaining about a certain section in the manual. No one asks you to write the manual. You ever go to staff meeting and you always got somebody upset? Well, you know, section four of, the, of, the, of, of, of article five, I don't agree with. We didn't ask you to, you know, to say anything. Did you sign a contract to get hired? Be quiet. If you don't agree with it, start your own company. Go to the book of Job. This is how God's going to talk to you after this chapter today. 
when we start arguing with God because we don't like the plan or we think the plan doesn't quite fit what we want to do. And God, you're keeping me from being myself. I want to have my own way. My own is my body, my choice. I wonder if somebody born can say that. What happens if you stop breathing? Is it your body then? Or are you looking for something? I heard this song a couple years ago. This guy was singing. He said, I have never believed in you, but I think I'm going to pray. Because everything was falling apart. Nothing like falling apart make you to pray to something you don't believe in. But what happens if you believe and you pray? Somebody listens. He said, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a whisper away. Before you get the first word, instruct him? You who has something to say to me about how I run this thing, you going to instruct me? He that reproveth God, let him answer it. Verse 6 says, then answered the Lord unto Job out of the whirlwind and said, Gird up your loins now like a man. I will demand of thee and declare thou unto me. Wilt thou also disannul my judgment? Do you see what we do when we want to argue against the plan? He said, uh, uh, Wilt thou condemn me that you may be right? That I can do your plan? You're going to compel it. If it wasn't for me, you wouldn't be here. And you're going to tell me I created all of this. Tell me if you know how the sun rises. Tell me if you know how, how the goats climb up. Tell me if you know anything about why the waters stay here and go no further. It's my command that keeps that from happening. And you out here trying to say, hey, hey, I'm upset with how you're doing things. You're right, Isaiah. It's a bunch of... <laughs> Do you see kind of what we are now? Can you understand it now? When we contend with God so we can be righteous, so we can get what we want, we're going to say, God, change your way of doing things. God says, you have lost your mind. We are not smart enough to know his, how his plan works for us. We simply must trust his plan and know that his promise is true and his promise of success is sure. Go to Deuteronomy 11. Understand this. Not by the little the curtains that come before our understanding to make us not see reality. The devil will dress something up so you won't think it's him. Now, in Deuteronomy 11, let's go to verse 26. He says, Deuteronomy 11, verse 26. Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. A blessing? If ye obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day, and a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, and, but you turn aside out of the way, which I command you this day, to, do, to go after other gods, which you have not known. See, when we say no to God, we're turning toward another God. Counsel from God. And you say, I don't want to do that. You're saying, I want to follow the devil himself. How about that? Is that... Is that straight enough for you? There's no wiggle room in that, is it? You okay with that? No, you ain't. Look at you. You're trying to, you're trying to get that middle ground. 
I'm in the valley of decision. I don't know if I'm going to follow God or am I going to follow the... It's like the light being on and the light being off. There is no middle. I don't care if you try to, yeah, you hit the, the, the uh, uh, light switch and you try to like get in the middle, yeah, you know, it's either on or off, y'all. You're with me or you're against me. Is that plain enough? First Corinthians. You know, you are a servant to whom you obey. So when you say no to God, who are you saying yes to? Brothers, if God tells you to love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, you say, I don't feel like it, who are you serving? Ooh, that's deep. <laughs> Isn't it true, though? Sisters, when God says, submit yourself to your own husbands as to the Lord, for this is right, and you don't, who you serve? Look, you can't even, get, you can't even say it. Like the falling wasn't of him. Don't act like your disobedience is just going to pass by and everything's going to be fine. Somebody had to pay for that attitude you got. And Christ did, didn't he? Oh, we talked about last night running over people. Y'all all right? We got to be so solid that when the enemy comes, we don't blink. He can't sneak up on us. He won't be able to, to, to hoodwink us. We won't be bamboozled, led astray. We won't be any of those things. Because we see it what it is. Because we're used to calling it what it is. We're not trying to hide from God. God, we blew it. Help us. We don't act like that's not what we're doing. First Corinthians 10. He makes this statement that we need to really kind of come to grips with it. Oh, Lord, it's late. Father, and I oh, maybe next week. Because they barely hang it on, Father. Help them. God said in 1 Corinthians 10, 21, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. Ye cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. You believe that? You can't disobey God without obeying the devil. You can't disobey the devil without obeying God. You mean you ain't no middle ground? Our father Abraham was the progenitor, we should say, of the blessings of all nations. What made Abraham special? He decided to follow God. He decided to trust God. He made up his mind that he would stick to God. In verse 17 of 18, And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham the thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring Abraham upon Abraham that which he had spoken of him. Abraham trusted God. He knew there would be times, Abraham knew there would be times, we would call difficult times. He knew that. But, but there would be times when he wouldn't understand what James 1, 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, 
that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Hebrews 3.14, For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. Amen? So when you're going through the plan, go through the plan. Don't quit. Amen? Be steadfast until the end. See, the Father gave us all to be with him. He gave all for us to be with him. And for him to be able to share his love with us, let's take advantage of this by choosing him above all. Let's believe in him. Let's trust him. Go to Hebrews 3 and we'll quit. Hebrews chapter 3. Let's go to verse 12. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. It says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. And he said, While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. As in the provocation, for some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? Verse 18, And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that did what? Believe not. You don't get the... Why is the devil so busy trying to keep you from hearing this? Why? Because if you ever keep and you walk and be steadfast in the plan, and you trust God, he can do nothing against you. He can do nothing about you, but ask your father if he can destroy you. How did that go for him with Job? Don't you know Satan was really mad because Job hung in there to the end? He was mad because Job had what he had before. At the end, Job had what? Twice as much as you lucky you got a job, that job with God. You lucky he called you. You're blessed he called you. He said, come on and let's sit at this meeting. And the first thing you do is, well, I don't like the book. Y'all don't see that? And what did he said, Job, you going to contend with me? Do we all agree that we're not God? Do you think God knows more than we do? Do you know that God loves you more than you know how to love? And everything he do is for you and your betterment? He promised, he said, I will withhold no good thing from you. He said, just follow me. Trust me. Anybody trust him? I want you to trust him like you trust that chair holding you up. Believe me, if you didn't trust that chair, you wouldn't have sat down. Trust him like that. Make that trust real. You know how you show it? You do what the script tells you to do. You do what the playbook says. For those who know what a playbook is. In the playbook, there are plays. You can't be that wild dude. I used to tease my son Joshua about that. Josh, run the play, Josh. Josh, point guard. It's his responsibility to make sure the play is run right. Josh will run the play the first time. People mess up. 
Josh run the play the second time. Pass the ball, somebody drop it. Third time, Josh jacking that shot up. Why? Didn't st he didn't stay steadfast to the end. So I tease Josh all the time. Josh will shoot when four people are on him. But that's Josh. But Josh is starting to learn. Passing the ball is a good idea. What about we learn that lesson today? That we say, you know what? God's playbook, it works. Have confidence in his, his, his script for your life. Walk in it. Will it be uncomfortable sometimes? You know why? Because sin squirms. And that's what's squirming in you. It's just sin. Trying to, and you, God's trying to get that thing out of you. And sin's trying to hold on. And you, well, just let it go. If it's uncomfortable, say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for letting my former life be uncomfortable for me. Because obviously that's not the life you want me to have, so let it go. Uh, it's late. We, we good. We all right. <laughs>